I'm X-ray cat. I've got superpowers. I can see through wooden doors with my X-ray vision, wooden doors. Sam said, you want a job here? And he said, yeah, I want to get jobs till from Paramount. He got the job. You got the job, buddy. And then the beavers came. The beavers started yelling at another beaver. The beavers started yelling at the other beaver. He said, you stupid beaver. You stupid. Freddy Got Fingered is simply a masterpiece. Now don't let the critics fool you, or the public opinion, or the Illuminati, or even the Scientologists. It is a masterclass of subversive comedy, as well as a touching family drama. <laughs> At its core, Freddy Got Fingered is all about a cartoonist named Gord who sees his mundane life as if it were a real-life cartoon. For Gord, everything in life, much like a cartoon, is spontaneous, random, and unpredictable. As such, he believes that he is the main character wrapped up in his own animated hijinks. Detached from actual reality, Gord feels the compulsive need to be the center of attention. He uses his offbeat sense of humor as a coping mechanism due to his crippling lack of social understanding, whether it be in the workplace, when put on the spot, or whenever he's bored and alone. To him, everything is a manifestation of his own imagination, which explains his near imperviousness to actual physical harm. You see, Gord is a being of immense power, and as such, those around him do not share his level of indestructibility, as they all live boring, standard lives. Take the young boy Andy, for example. As a subversion of the typical setup where a child character causes mischief and the adults are constantly the victims of slapstick humor, here, Andy is actually the victim of serious injuries all throughout the runtime, while all the other adults can only watch helplessly. Hilarious. Look at Gord, he looks so unaffected. He knows. He looks down on small creatures. Like a hawk. Gord's only center in life is to make his own cartoons. The problem is that because Gord is so far removed from the world around him, nobody understands or can connect with his humor. No one he shows his art to is impressed, especially industry professionals such as Mr. Davidson, who view his work as amateur and unfocused. In other words, it sucks. His biggest detractor, however, is none other than his own father, who is a pragmatic man, uninterested in artistic pursuits due to his blue-collar conservative background. Gord's father is the biggest emotional hurdle in Gord's life. While it is clear that he only wants what's best for his son, his gruff personality and lack of emotional support hinders Gord from truly blossoming into an independent person. In many cases, and despite Gord's godlike invincibility, he is effectively in an abusive relationship with his own father. His father is the only one who is immune to Gord's antics, and he often calls him out on all his behavior. In retaliation, Gord's only mode of defending himself is to make a false rape allegation against his father towards his younger brother, Freddy. You hear that, Dad? You're gonna pay! He's a molester! He's a child molester! Ah! 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 You better run! You're lying! Oh, oh yeah, we totally forgot about Freddy. Gord also has a brother named Freddy, who is everything his father would expect out of Gord. He's organized, well-mannered, and is employed at a bank. A quote-unquote real job. 
Although he is rather well adjusted, Freddy lacks a personality or any backbone, often being overlooked by his parents who cater more to Gord because of his arrested development. A dynamic between realistic and idealistic pursuits are constantly at play in Freddy Got Fingered. Another interesting familial dynamic is the one Gord has with his own mother, who often shields him from the angry backlash of his own father. You could almost say there's an Oedipus complex going on here, where Gord hates his father so much and yet he latches onto his mother, even going so far as demanding her to leave his dad to have sex with men from Greece as well as sports athletes. If I were you, I'd go and I'd have sex with strange men, I'd have sex with basketball players, I'd have sex with Greeks. This is further explored when it's discovered that Gord keeps a severed umbilical cord attached to his stomach during the first date with Betty, a link that one can only share between a mother and a child. This uncommon trait may be emblematic of Gord's need to be nurtured and accepted, something his father does not imbue in their relationship, and one that only he and his mother could ever share. Speaking of which, Gord's love interest Betty is another source of examination on how Gord views women. Whereas in most comedies where men are often the dominant force within conventional sexual power dynamics, here Betty is the more sexually driven member of the couple, whereas Gord is rather passive and even hesitant, wanting for a more traditional courtship. Despite this, Gord doesn't shame Betty for her kinks and obliges her many, many times. There's no facsimile that they are star-crossed lovers, or that they are even meant to be together. Betty's needs and desires are stated very clearly in the film, as if to say, that's all Tom Green ever wanted to say about her. She feels intentionally tacked on. It's almost as if the studio mandated a romance, and Tom Green, being the shit poster that he is, Tom Green, being the genius that he is, inserted a very realistic romance into his film. A relationship that could only technically be conveyed during such a short period of time, that being a very sexual one. Going back to the plot, Gord begins to take his already outlandish world around him, namely his family life, and funnels it into his work. His friend Darren notices this as he sees Gord's manifestations of his own father as a villain, unbeknownst to Gord, and actually finds it amusing. However, Gord's dad once again disapproves of Gord for not living a stable life as either a cartoonist or a cheese sandwich maker, and tells him to give up after Gord's meddling affects his own life negatively like the time where Freddy got taken away by a child molestation clinic, or the time his wife caught him in a rather compromising situation with his own son. This leads into Freddy Got Fingers' low point. When Gord decides to abandon his drawings, he loses his connection to Betty and everyone else around him, being isolated, angry, and disenfranchised. He doesn't flourish in the more rigid yet stable lifestyle of a cheese sandwich maker, and cracks under the pressure of his own existential crisis. Gord must come to terms with reality. It's only when Betty proves to Gord, once she accomplishes her own dream of designing a rocket-powered wheelchair, that he gets inspired and refocused, better than before. I am an animator! I'm an animator! He leaves home, he defies his father, and he shows his new concept to Mr. Davidson. However, Mr. Davidson is still unenthusiastic, as he doesn't relate to Gord's worldview. It is only when Gord's dad barges in to stop Gord from becoming a cartoonist that it finally clicks with Mr. Davidson. Mr. Davidson is sold on Gord's ideas, as the bridge between fantasy and reality is finally demonstrated to him in person. 
allowing him to fully understand what Gord's vision truly is. Do you get it? Do you get it already? Can we fucking move on? When he finally sells his cartoon, it opens Gord's world by giving him a key. That key being a million dollars, which he then uses to reconnect with his girlfriend and even his estranged father when he ships the two of them off to Pakistan. When Gord tells his dad that his drawings have been successful, Gord's dad finally realizes that his son has finally made something of himself, no longer seeing his imagination as a mere distraction, as he is the last to connect with his son, two perspectives, a realistic side and an idealistic side, have finally intertwined. The final shot of the film symbolizes Gord, in this case Tom Green himself, reaching out to the camera as his own attempt to connect with us, the audience, showing us how art to many creative minds is the most important form of expression. There is simply nothing quite like Freddy Got Fingered. From the outset, the entire film is either incredibly cynical or totally aware of itself. The eponymous title doesn't even come into play until after 45 minutes of screen time, and it's hardly even a major plotline. It simply doesn't care. It almost feels as though Tom Green wanted to take a stab at the gross-out frat-boy comedies of his time and make something even more extreme, even more wince-inducing, even more gross. He didn't care whose toes he stepped on. He didn't care if a studio told him that showing a horse's cock was in violation of several censorship codes. And he didn't even care about winning several Razzie Awards. Well, this is a, an exciting day for me, you know, I, uh, I, uh... I made a great movie, you know, I, and I set out to make a crazy movie, and here I am, I'm getting a lot of attention for it, and it's exciting. From day one, when we started writing it, said uh, we wanted to win a Raspberry Awards. I'm glad my dream has come true. Uh, I'm very proud, I'm happy, I'm excited, and, uh, and I'm very, it's a very proud day for me. Thanks very much. Tom Green is an icon, and I wonder if there will ever be another comedic force like him ever again. Yeah, you know what? I don't even know if I'm being ironic anymore. Fuck you, I love this movie.